Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, welcome everybody to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. Uh, we are in a special edition in the former at, the app formerly known as Locker Room, which is now Spotify Green Room for our first time. So excited to be here! It's not just me. I'm joined by lovely gentleman in the state of Oklahoma, Alex Roy. Alex, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. I've uh, had a, I've had a you know it was a couple days to to kind of process what happened on. Uh, on Tuesday, and I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Feeling a lot better than I did Tuesday. Yeah, it's, you know, once you can kind of look at everything from 10,000 feet and, you know, more information starts to trickle in, it it definitely gets a lot easier. And, you know, if if I'm a betting man, I'm betting on Sam Presti. And um, speaking of betting, the month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action. And Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and oh, and futures. Yeah, didn't know what that said for a second. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off face-off or pitch head on over to bet online and start playing today bet online your online sports book experts famously not a pitch head because pitch head is not a real thing as we discovered in the audio that nobody will ever get to hear tuesday um but yeah alex speaking of tuesday man you know a lot of things went wrong um before the lottery even started in terms of technical wise and we should have just took that as a sign of things to come yeah. After after much hope and after many lottery simulations, we did not even get one top five pick. The Thunder walked away with the number six pick in the 2021 NBA draft, and the Rockets kept their pick, got number two. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it was all kind of sad, but it sounds like you're looking at a little bit new perspective here. So, um, talk, talk it out, man. What What are you feeling right now? So I mean, I mean, just the kind of the evolution of this going from a a five player draft all of a sudden to it kind of being a six player draft, you know, and the consensus just completely coming around to Scotty Barnes and kind of tossing him into that group of you know the five guys that we've been talking about this whole year, you know, it's Cade Cunningham. Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, 
you know, Kaminga always being kind of like the the wild card, the weak link, if you want to call him that. Um, and just, you know, kind of Scotty Barnes's measurables and his maybe his workouts and things like that, boosting him up to to even, you know, not just taking over maybe the fifth spot from Kaminga, but also maybe even jumping into the top three. Uh, just kind of kind of has me feeling good because you know this this draft went from a it went from a five player draft to a six player draft and guess what pick we have we have pick number six so um, whatever happens in this draft I think we're going to come away with a player that's going to be a future foundational piece for our team um, and I mean just the beautiful thing about it is Sam Presti is the master of chaos you know we're right here kind of freaking out. We're like, oh, no, we got the six pick, you know, six, 16, and 18. You know, there's no superstars in there. Sam Presti will find some way to churn out something of value from this draft. Um, and so, you know, we, we put out shirts that say trust the Presti. And I 100% believe that Presti has, you know, a plan in place, contingency plans to, to get us to where we need to be and get us a, a good player. Um, coming out of this draft yeah for sure man and you know we, we've kind of talked about in our own little group chat that uh sam Presti's kind of dr strange man you know he's looked into the 14 million mm-hmm. 604 different scenarios like we were all freaking out like wow we literally walked away from the water he was 6 16 and 18 but sam Presti saw this as a possibility all along you know he talked about it in his you know both of his press conferences the end of season and right before the draft like you know, the lottery is a little bit of luck. Like, you don't control the lottery. You don't control where you land. It doesn't matter how good or bad your record is. You know, their luck is going to play into it. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah. like you said, I think he has some contingencies. And also, kind of like you alluded to, you know, it's a six-player draft. Scotty Barnes stock is going up by the second. By um, the second, man. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that he's, he's going to be completely out of our range by the time we get to the draft. Yeah, no, man, like, I, I was listening to Chad Ford's podcast today, uh, Chad Ford's Big Board, I think is what it is, for Locked On Thunder, or not Locked On Thunder, sorry, for the Locked On Sports Network, <laughs> um, and he was talking about, like, he didn't pick Scotty Barnes number three, I think he picked them uh, five to the Magic, or no, he picked them four, uh, no, he picked them four to the Raptors, that's what it was, so he picked them four to the Raptors, and then he had Suggs going to the Magic, but when he got to us, he picked Jonathan Kaminga, but he said... Scotty Barnes could be here. Jonathan Kaminga could be here. And then he said Jalen Suggs could be here at six. That's crazy, which, man. Yeah, just absolutely blows my mind. Because as he said, and, you know, you've probably heard it aggregated by a million other people, like Scotty Barnes is as high as number three in a lot of people's big boards. John Hollinger, mm-hmm. a guy that has front office experience in the NBA, released his big board, and Scotty Barnes was number three before it was cool. <laughs> Like, before yeah. it came out like that. So, yeah, man, like... It, and, I mean, you know, and those, those are those are people that are plugged in. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, absolutely, because, like... Hollinger used to be in the, the Grizzlies front office, so, you know, he, he still has phone numbers to basically probably everybody in the league as far as front offices go. And they talk, you know, people talk, and, and sometimes they talk for a purpose, and sometimes they just shoot the breeze and let, you know, let stuff out like anybody does you know, when they're in conversation with friends or with people they know. Um, so he knows, he knows, you know, that Barnes is, is highly coveted um, and probably not at six by some teams. 
Yeah, and you know it's crazy because for months, like literally months, we just we've been focused on these top five players, but like. I don't know, man. Like, the signs for Scotty Barnes has kind of been there all along. I remember when somebody first brought Scotty Barnes up to me, like, before we was even in, like, that top five conversation, like, when we was, like, in the nine to ten range. And I didn't want anything to do with him because you look at his stats, and it's mm-hmm. it's not sexy. <laughs> like, it's not impressive. But if you watch the game, like, the passion, like, the passion really is what won me over. Like, on yeah. both sides of the ball, like, he's dunking on people. And he's, you know, he's tapping on their head. He's yelling at the bench. You know, he's energizing his teammates. He's playing defense. He's getting stops. He's clapping his hands, flexing. Like, I love that energy. And I I know it's impossible for this to happen, but just imagine if you was to get, like, Jalen Suggs and Scotty Barnes on this team. Like, the tank is done. And not because, like, you know, they're too good to tank. Because mm-hmm. their attitude, like, those two guys and Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Lou Dort, and really the attitude of last year's team, you plug Suggs and Bards on there, like, yeah. they're not they're not going to try to lose for anything. Like, they're going to do everything in their power to win that game. And their energy and their passion is going to carry them to wins. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to like Scotty. And um, I've... Actually, uh, Corey Teleba um, of the Draft App Podcast, um, he's going to be coming on the pod on Sunday. Super excited for that. But when he was covering Scotty Barnes, uh, he said, you know, one of the big things is his jump shot. And I think uh, Mikey Barry even talked about this in the Thunder After Dark. Like, if his jump shot's real, he's going to be a problem. And Mikey talked about, like, the top of his shot, like the release – that's that's all good like it looks fine it's the bottom part it's his feet you know it's the, it's the lower yeah. part of a shooting form how he lands work. yeah absolutely and and it's like Lou Dort like if you look at Lou Dort in his rookie year and even at Arizona State every time he shot the ball his feet were in a different position and mm-hmm. obviously he's he's starting to work out the kinks he's starting to get better there so yeah man I'm I'm, I'm starting to really come around on Scotty Barnes and I'm going to be disappointed like I don't want to say I'm going to be disappointed because it feels yeah. weird, but I think I'll be disappointed if we end up with Jonathan Kaminga at six at this point. <laughs> and see, and, and see, that's that could be gold for us also. Like, you know, Kaminga, I, 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 I completely hear all the kind of fears of drafting Kaminga that high. I, I completely get it. He's raw. Um, he's, you know, he's his jump shot needs help. You know, we've we, we've heard this ton of times from everybody, from from all different types of players, as far as you know, when they come into the league. But his intangibles, man, his you know, his athleticism, his wingspan, his, his you know, his body. Like this is an 18 year old who has the body of a man, um, and 18 years old in Oklahoma City on a team that's developing, uh, on a team that's going to go ahead and pour so much into his development. I don't think that's a bad thing at all either. So if Jonathan Kaminga falls to us, who's a player that, you know, we all kind of kind of looked at and kind of said, hey, if we somehow get the Houston, the Rockets' fifth pick, you know, that would probably be the guy that we get is Kaminga, and we were all fine with that. I'd be fine with him falling to us at number six. You know, like I trust Presti, number one, but I also trust the developmental system of this team. Um, and so – you know, you give me anybody that has 
you know, enough talent to make it to the league and they're young enough to be molded, I say go for it. You know, just look at Poku. Just look at just look at what Poku mm-hmm. kind of became by the end of the season. Like this kid was, you know, rail thin, seven foot, played in, you know, the, the second league in Greece or whatever. And he comes in and after his run in the G League, he finally found that confidence. The game kind of, you know, slowed down for him a little bit. And he started to find his little spots on the floor where he can be very effective. And, you know, there were games in the second half of the season where he took over. I mean, he was the one that was, you know, he was the man out there on the floor. And so hoping that that, you know, you put some muscle on him, you put, you know, another year of development, another year of, you know, learning the game, learning the speed. If you could do, replicate that with Kaminga, and Kaminga, I think, has a, a jump start on where Poku was, I think he'd be fine also. Yeah, and I I think you hit the nail on the head there with, you know, Kaminga with our staff because our staff is so committed to development. Like, Mark, like, the organization's committed to development so much that they developed our head coach from our development team. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think Degnault <laughs> is a great guy for any of these players because – He's a guy that's going to instruct you and a guy that's going to coach you, but he's also a guy that's not going to let you get away with stuff. Like, we saw him reprimanding Baisley. We saw him reprimanding Poku. I, I didn't see him yeah. reprimanding Shea or anything like that, but, hey, Shea can't do anything wrong. So that that's obviously why that. But, no, man, I, I, think, I, th- I, I think I think Shea has a different mentality, though, out there also. Yeah. Like, I think he's a lot more mature than, than you know, like Baisley and, and Poku. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's definitely got some years on him in the league and in an age. But no, man, I I think if Kaminga showed up here, like obviously, like I said, I'd be disappointed because I'm so high on Barnes now. But that that's mm-hmm. not entirely the case. Like I'm I'm gonna talk myself into whoever we draft. That's just how it's gonna go. That's how that's probably how we're all gonna. Be, I mean, but... let, let's let's all remember how much you hated Poku last year when we first drafted him. Yeah, you refused to call him Poku. I did, I did, and it was the Memphis Grizzlies game. Um, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was actually going into Best Buy to buy supplies for my new mic setup for the podcast, and I was watching it on my phone, walking through Best Buy, trying to find you know audio components and stuff like that. And Poku hit like four threes there at the end of the game, and Shea was going off like that was that was honestly probably one of the funnest games of the year. Was it? Was that um, the game that that? That uh, that SGA kind of jumped up and looked like he tweaked his uh, his uh, his foot a little bit. No, no, that was when he was actually playing. Oh, like, that okay. was one of the last games he actually played. That was when De- like he started oh, off Dylan slow Brooks. and then Dylan Brooks started yeah, chirping yeah, yeah. at him and then Shay was like, "All right, best. yeah." When we were still winning games, yeah, yeah, yeah. that that was a fun game. But no, that's that's what it took for me to you know come around on Poku, but. Now, with Kaminga, I don't think he works with every NBA team. Um, no. But, you know, like you said, we have shirts that say trust the Presti. I also trust the Dagnall. I trust the coaching staff. I trust the developmental staff. I trust Eric Maynard, who is now the, um, what is it, the head of player development or, like, yeah. the player development coach. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I trust those guys to squeeze every bit of talent that they can out of Jonathan Kaminga. I think it is a little bit different situations with him and Poku just because I feel like Poku, you know, he sees the right play and he he wants to make the right play. It's just sometimes he can't do it. I think he has a high basketball IQ. I think that 
you know, he can think the game at a high level. And I just don't necessarily see that out of Kaminga right now. Um, you know, and that IQ and that feel, it's not really something that you can teach. Athleticism and, yeah. and like, skill, absolutely, he's right there. But I think that is the difference between him and Poku. But, yeah, Kaminga's a man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's call it what it is. He's a man. So, like, he's he, he would be good for us. But I don't know, man. I, like I said, I'd, I, after, after all this time, I'd be a little bit disappointed if we – didn't all, get all the way to Barnes, but and and that's that's if we stay at six, which I highly doubt we will. Yes, and it's like you read my mind because I was literally about to transition into that. <laughs> there has been a number of teams that have talked about or been speculated about that they would be willing to trade down. Um, you've got the Magic, who have picks five and eight. It's been speculated they might want to trade down. Um, you've got the uh, the Raptors. I don't think that they're going to trade down. I think if Suggs falls to him, to them, like they are, liter- he's literally the perfect guy for their team. So I, I don't see that moving yeah. around. Um, Cavs is one team that has been reported that might be willing to trade down. They say they're looking for a a young all star. I believe was the the term that they use, um, or a star player. I don't, I don't remember what the term was, but they're looking for like a player that can help them win. Now they're try- they're tired of being in this perpetual rebuild so that's interesting um the rockets they've literally been on in a rebuild for like two seasons yeah no like i don't like everything wasney lambrick says but he said something that was really true in the post lotto um podcast with bill simmons koc and jake alman and it was the only thing the only good thing that has happened to Cleveland in like the past 20 years is LeBron James grew up outside of there and you got lucky enough to draft him. Other than that, you have been completely irrelevant. No, no, no. Hold on. No, no, no. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the best thing. A, the best thing B was getting number one picks in, was it consecutive? It wasn't consecutive years. It was, it was consecutive years, wasn't it? Anthony Bennett and, Andrew Wiggins? It it might have been consecutive years. Um, Anthony Bill's 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wiggins. Wiggins was 14 or 15. I can't remember. Something like that. But without the without yeah. at least Wiggins. Without Wiggins, there ain't no way they're getting Kevin Love. You know, they already had Kyrie mm-hmm. on, on a rookie scale deal, which, you know, that's another lucky thing that LeBron came back during that time. But, you know, that's them getting multiple number one picks in, you know, almost consecutive years, if not consecutive years, was a saving grace for them also. Yeah, so, like, that's that that's the only good thing that's really happened to Cleveland. Like, they, they don't have a lot going for them. So, it's kind of funny. Yeah, Kyrie was also pick number one. So, they had LeBron, they had Kyrie, they had Anthony Bennett, they had Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> And uh, I was about to say and for what, but they did win a championship. So. They did. They did. Yeah. Uh, th- you can thank LeBron or Kyrie, whoever you want to thank there. But, yeah, the Cavs are possibly looking to trade out. Rockets haven't reported trading out, but the, there is some intrigue there. And then last but not least, obviously, like the Pistons. Troy Weaver said it's an option to trade the number one pick. I'll tell you what, man. That, like – 
you would have to it would have to be a haul for that number one pick because Troy Weaver going to the fan base in Detroit and saying, "Hey, we traded, you know, Cade Cunningham for this, this, and this." Unless you know, unless it's going to turn out to be in like an All NBA player pretty soon, it's going to be tough. That's a tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I uh, in that same podcast, um, the BS podcast, post lottery edition or whatever. Um, KOC, I don't remember if it's KOC or Bill that actually brought up the trade idea, but they was talking about how you know Pistons might trade down, Cleveland might trade down, and OKC obviously wants to trade up. And they was like, well, I don't think Pistons would want to go down to six, but what if they went down to three? And Cleveland went down to six, got their guy that they want because it's been reported, I think, that they like Scotty Barnes. And it's been reported that Pistons like Jalen Green in addition to Kay Cunningham. And everybody knows that the Thunder likes Kay Cunningham. So, you know, there's a potential three-way trade there in which OKC moves to one, Pistons moved down to three. So they're still getting a generational superstar in Jalen Green, potentially. Um, Along with, you know, uh, however many assets to make it happen. And then Cleveland, you know, moves down to six, gets Scotty Barnes. They also get some assets, but they get a player that kind of fits into with what they're doing right now. So I, I thought it was an interesting idea. I don't know what it would take in order for that to happen, but yeah, you know, it's it's funny, you know. We talk about how we was all gloom and doom on Tuesday, and you know we go into yesterday and today now, and it's like, you know, it's possible that we could get Kay Cunningham, and it's just it's kind of wild to say. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and, and and let me let me just put out let me just put out there, mm-hmm. there is no scenario where we want. Shea or Dort traded for Cade Cunningham. Or, I mean, at least just Shea. Yeah, I was about to say. I At least just Shea. Dort is a possibility, but at least Shea, that's a no-go. Because, I mean, Shea, Shea's your known. He's your known quantity, you know, versus this unknown quantity. So, yeah. Yeah, Shea's – Shea, absolutely, I – I don't want to trade him for Cade. I understand the people that want to have that conversation. I understand where they're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. I just personally, I think I believe in Shea more than anybody. I think that Shea has the potential to be a top 10 player in this M- in the NBA yeah. because I, I just think he's going to keep improving. Like anytime he has an offseason, um, the more opportunities that he gets and – it's not only that, like, he's good, that he has the skill, but it's his mindset. Like, he had games this year where he could have dropped 50, but he wanted to keep his teammates involved. He wanted to keep his teammates in rhythm. Like, he's committed to the system. He's committed to his team. And obviously, you know, that doesn't play into, like, are you top 10 player in the NBA or anything like that, but it's valuable in team building. So, yeah, I, I think Shea, I don't think he's untouchable, honestly. I mean, obviously, you know, if Luke or, or Zion comes available, I understand if you want to trade Shea. I disagree with it, but, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like, the only way you're trading Shea is for, you know, like, an all-NBA player. Yeah. That's it. You're not, you're not trading him for a potential, you know, player that could, you know, could, uh, could be all-NBA in a couple seasons. 
Yeah, but Dort's Dort's a different story. I uh, I Ooh, love Lee yeah. Dort. I think he's great. Obviously, he's a phenomenal defender. Um, as you pointed out many times, he's Shea's best friend on the team. All these are valid statements. And you know, you said that you 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 trade him for Kay Cunningham. Me being a guy that's very high on Jalen Green, if we was to make a trade for the number three pick and we was able to keep six, give them our two low picks, but give them Dort and, you know, take on Love's contract, I would do that. You'd have to think about it. Yeah, I I would do it just because, I mean, at that point, you're thinking, okay, I can get Jalen Green and Scotty Barnes. Yeah, and I compare them with Shea, Poku, and I'd still have Baisley, Teo, all these other dudes. And you know, you still have the seconds that you can play with. Maybe you could package a couple of those to move into the late first round if you want to add another piece there. But I think if you do that, as much as I love Dort, Barnes has potential to be a better defender, a more versatile defender than Lou Dort. And then, of course, you get the guy with the upside and the scoring potential of Jalen Green and just the absolute star potential of Jalen Green. And I think you're well on your way at that point. So what what, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, uh, as, as, as much as it would hurt to trade um, Dort, I don't think Dort is at the level of SGA. So, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, we got uh, Tenny Don in the chat. He said he'd rather give up Baisley than Dort. Maybe that's just him. That's not just you, man. Like, if it if No, it that's can... not just you. Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah. If I, it, if... I, 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 would, I would give up Baisley. I know there's some people that love Baisley, but I, I just see – I like Baisley, but I just see, like, some mental hurdle, hurdles in his brain sometimes, and I don't like that in an NBA player. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Like, if it came down to, like, if they would take Baisley instead of Dort in that trade, like, absolutely. Like, I'm giving up Baisley over Dort because, you know, I love Baisley, too. I believe in the guy. I think that, you know, he's still got a lot to offer, and, you know, he's still a young guy. Like, if you think about it, you know, he didn't get to play much his rookie year because injury. He didn't get to play much last year because of injury, and he didn't have – any college experience. This is a guy that came in, you know, playing very little basketball in the past three years. So I think he still has a lot of room to grow and I believe in his growth and his development. And, you know, I like the signs that I've seen, but you have a guy like Alexa Pokoszewski who doesn't necessarily play the same position as Baisley, but kind of has the same archetype as what the idea of Baisley was in terms of a you know, big, long guy that has a lot of skill, has a high basketball IQ, and, you know, has a nice feel for the game. So I think if it came down to it and you could trade Baisley and keep Dort, keep Poku, and a trade for, you know, number three or, you know, any other kind of trade like that, I think you have to do it. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. But, Alex, man, you you got any other – um, you got any other crazy scenarios in which we can trade up that I haven't covered? Or would you even be interested in trading down? Or would you just want to stay put at six? So, okay, so kind of touching on that first part. So 
watch out for our cap space uh, because that can be a huge tool uh, to try to move up. You know, like you talked about with the Cavaliers, you know, we can go ahead and absorb Kevin Love's contract after the moratorium period. Uh, so if they want to go ahead and draft somebody for us, say Jalen Green, and then we draft somebody for them, say Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, and then in August, whenever the moratorium is over, you can officially make that trade. We can literally absorb Kevin Love into our cap space, get him off their books, um, and then go ahead and, you know, we have our, our guy, Jalen Green, um, and then they have more cap space to play to do whatever they want to do in free agency. Um, so that's not just, you know, that's not just for Cleveland. Like, if you look at maybe Toronto, if you look at, you know, if, you're, if Toronto wants to go ahead and blow it up and just start all over, if we, you know, if they want they want us to absorb Van Fleet or absorb Siakam. I think Siakam is young enough to where he can be part of their rebuild. But if you know they want to absorb uh, Van Fleet, we're there for that. Orlando, you know, if they see that. Jonathan Isaac just may not be recovering as well from his knee injury as, as you know, as, as he can, and they give him that big contract, we can absorb him. You know, so we have many different options as far as, hey, give us your bad contract, we'll take it, but, you know, give us your pick, and, you know, we'll probably go ahead and send you our pick in exchange, and then we'll go from there. Um, so definitely look out for that. And it's not just the top five teams. You know, maybe if you, you can go later in the draft – with our 16 and 18 picks, we can maybe go ahead and play around with that. Move move back into the lottery in the late lottery uh, using that. Yeah, man. And you've, you know, we obviously talked about the Cavs, like with Kevin Love. And you guys pointed out in our spaces that we did on draft night, um, you know, I wasn't on at that point, but I was still listening because I was kind of playing quarterback on that. But, and it was a really good point because I didn't even think about this. We have enough cap space to just absorb Kevin Love into our cap space and not even give up Kimball Walker. Like, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's – it's for the Cavs, it's, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a, a dual bonus because, number one, you get, you get Kevin Love off your cap sheet for this year and for next year, which gives them a little bit of room to play a little bit and maybe bring in a free agent. But – you also literally get a $31 million traded player exception, which will be the highest in NBA history. And, you know, you can do a ton of things with that. So, you know, it's it's kind of very advantageous for Cleveland to do that if maybe they feel like the guy they want, they can get at six as opposed to three. Yeah, man. And um, we actually got a couple more questions here. Um, Tay Bowie says, are y'all against giving up possible 22 and 23 draft picks? Um, if it's to move into the top three, like that Jalen Green, Kay Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, maybe Evan Mobley, if you're into that for the top three, like I wouldn't mind giving up one of those. I don't want to exactly like empty out our just like future draft plans mm-hmm. for those guys. But, you know, I would give up, like for Kate, I would give up every pick in this draft. <laughs> I would give oh, yeah. up, I would probably give up, you know, I would probably give up two picks in 2022 um, if it may get Kate Cunningham. I mean, the, the, the thing is, which pick is it? Yeah, because, like, I mean, that Suns yeah, pick. Yeah, because, like, the Suns <laughs> pick is top 12 protected. 
you know, the the Clippers pick if Kawhi is healthy and if Paul George remains healthy next year, they're going to be a 50-win team, you know, waking up and just getting out of bed. And so that's going to be like a number 25, number 26 pick or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so if they want those picks, hey, go ahead. But if you're asking for our pick, that's where you may have to, like, put like a top 10 protected type situation. Yeah. And, and some people don't even realize, like, we don't even have our pick next year. Like, it exactly. was traded. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. traded to the Hawks. Yeah. In the Dennis Schroeder deal, um, in which we got off Carmelo Anthony. Um, but. It is lottery protected, so we probably get that back. I'm just going to go ahead and say we're probably going to get that back. Um, I mean, we thought we were going to keep the. I mean, we thought we were going to keep the Philly pick. I mean, the pick that went to Philly and Chris Paul and Mike Muscala, your boy, messed that up. (laughs) Do not besmirch the name of Mike Muscala (laughs) on this podcast. Um, we got another question from Tenny Donnie. He says, do you guys actually believe Sharif Cooper 6'2", like they said, or and would you pick him 16, 18 if he actually is? Uh, I'll just go ahead and say I don't believe the measurements. Uh, Chad no. Ford, uh, Corey, in the draft deck, like I was talking about, like they all said that they're pretty sure it was a typo. His name was like right under James Boot Knight, and he had the exact same height as James Boot Knight. So. And, that, and that measurement was with shoes, right? Uh, no, that was without shoes, I believe. I could be wrong. I'll, I'll have to look into it. But I thought it was with shoes. Okay. No. Nah. Yeah. I thought it was with shoes, so I, I was going to say maybe he had those, uh, those things that they said Donald Trump had, you know, when he leaned <laughs> forward, but he, it would, like, get taller. Yeah. Maybe he had some of those in his shoes. Yeah, there you go, man. Hey, man, hey, honestly, the difference between six foot and six foot two whenever you're trying to get into the league, could be a couple million dollars, like literally, in, in all honesty. So you do whatever you can to go ahead and kind of get that extra inch or two in there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think he's going to get picked either way. Like um, my buddy was over here last night watching the Bucks hawks game. He's a big Lakers fan. He was talking about how he would like the Lakers to take Sharif Cooper, you know, late mm-hmm. in their pick. Like I think they have like 25 or something like that. Um, he said he would really like him just because, like, his playmaking and, like, you know, he feels like he's already making, you know, NBA moves out there. So I yeah. I, I understand where they're coming from there. Me personally, I, I kind of don't want him on this team just because we already have Shea, and I believe he's the point guard of the future. Um, we have Teo and Ty Jerome, two ball handlers that kind of fit the same mold as Sharif Cooper. Um in terms of, like, you know, body style, height, everything like that. Like, sure, they all kind of play a little bit different, but I don't know, man. I mean, at that point, you know, I think you're just taking away from, you know, each other's playing time at that point. Like, personally, I don't want to draft a point guard in this draft. Like, I I talked about it on Twitter, and (laughs) Dolan attacked me for it because BPA, obviously, with Dolan. Um, But I said I want to come away with, of our six picks, I want to come away with three things. One of those being a wing. We got to have a wing. You got to have wings to win in the NBA. And I listed like Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, um, Franz Wagner, Moses Moody as uh, possibilities there. And I said, uh, I want a scorer. You know, I want somebody that can come in and get buckets alongside Shea. 
you know, because when Shea wasn't in the game, when he was hurt, Lou Dort was our best scorer. And I love Dort. He's not a scorer. <laughs> so yeah. I had Jaden Springer, James Booknight, Cameron Thomas, uh, even BJ Boston, you know, if you believe in him as a project in the late second. And then I had a big. I think that obviously it's pretty obvious we need a big. Moses Brown's gone. Al Horford's gone. Moose is a free agent. Like, we've got to get a couple big men in here. So, Sangoon, Alfred Sangoon, our boy Matty Moles has been on that from the very beginning. Um, so, we got Sangoon, uh, Usman Garuba, Isaiah Jackson, who – let's talk about this for a second. I don't know if you saw Chad uh, Chad Ford oh, actually promise. said that. Yeah. Isaiah Jackson pulled out of the combine, and it's believed that the Thunder gave him a promise to draft him. And I don't know if you know this, Alex. Isaiah Jackson played at the University of Kentucky. <laughs> really? <laughs> and Dude. might I say, he was the lone Dude. bright spot <laughs> in our season. I mean, I mean, so yeah, for real. Like, I, I don't watch Kentucky. Sorry to, you know, sorry to break your heart, Dylan. Well, it's fine. But so, so was was he really? You know, was he? Is so when you look at a Kentucky player, you know, they're usually all five star recruits. You know, they usually come in with some sort of pedigree, some sort of, um, you know, history attached to them. They're not unknown. So was so he was the only lone bright spot this season? Yeah, just because, like, the rest of the season was kind of filled with disappointment. Um, yeah, yeah. B.J. Boston. Boston didn't really, yeah, didn't really turn out to be as good as everybody thought he would be. Yeah, and R.I.P. Terrence Clark, like, you know, that was a yeah. terrible thing that happened. Yeah. But he was a five-star recruit, and he came in, battled injury, um, kind of like identity crisis in terms of positional things. So he kind of struggled. And um, some of our transfers, they didn't work out very good. But, you know, that's not important. Yeah, Isaiah Jackson, he's a guy that has great shot-blocking instincts. He can block with both hands, which is very important. Um He's got good versatility on the wing. He can, you know, switch on to mm-hmm. smaller guys in the pick and roll. Um, he's, I mean, he's a great finisher. He's a phenomenal finisher. And he's shown the ability to stretch out to at least the mid-range. And the thing that I've learned with Cal over the years is he's always holding his guys back in terms of what they're going to be in the NBA. You want know, exhibit A? Watch Devin Booker. He was not doing this at Kentucky. He was a spot-up shooter because that was for the good of the yeah. team. Um, Bam Adebayo was playing exclusively out of the post. They were trying to play him like Dwight Howard. That is not Bam Adebayo's game in the NBA. And he actually yeah. talked about in Duncan Robbins' podcast. Kyle's like, no, you're going to come in, you're going to play a role, and then you're going to get your workouts in. After practice with Kenny Payne, we're going to work on what's going to, you know, get you your money in the league then. But in the games, you're playing a role. So I think Isaiah Jackson is a guy that, you know, he doesn't have, like, super high basketball IQ, super high feel for the game. But he is a guy that can, you know, dribble for a big man. He is a guy that I believe can eventually stretch out to the three-point line. Um, he can make some passes, you know, some reads out to the corner on a drive or a post up or something like that. And like I said, he's a great finisher. Um, he's an energy guy. And as J. Kyle Mann said in the draft deck, um, when they was talking about Kentucky players, he's got a uh, mother effort energy. So we, we, we like that. <laughs> out of Isaiah Jackson. That. Yeah. yeah. Give me Jalen Sugg, Scotty Barnes and Isaiah Jackson. We'll show you Alexander and we're not losing a game. <laughs> no, probably not. 
like we like that's one one of the big things that we lacked last year. We were too damn nice last year. Yeah. There's just a bunch of nice guys out there. Like there's a bunch of guys that were just happy to be out there and it kinda showed, you know, you know, as far as there's not a lot of physicality, not a lot of you know, like the only guy that was really out there that was you know, kinda F U all the time was probably Isaiah Roby. Um <laughs> But yeah, man, like like we need some guys like that, and, and I mean, you don't you don't draft that, you don't you don't draft exclusively on that. Like like we wouldn't take Scotty Barnes at six because of that, but it is a little bit of you know a little bit of cherry on top if he comes in there and he's an energy guy like that, you know. So Isaiah Jackson, I could definitely see him at like our eighteen pick. Um, Book Knight, I could definitely see him at a sixteen, you know, our sixteen pick. And then, you know, what we do at six, it just kind of depends on who drops out. Yeah, dude. So, if we ended so, up with – oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, go ahead. no I was just going to say, like, if we ended up with Scotty Barnes, James Booknight, and Isaiah Jackson, like, in this draft, that is – that's A1 drafting. That is. That definitely is. And, I mean, just kind of looking at it and thinking, oh, no, you know, we're screwed as of Tuesday, you know, I, I definitely think there's a lot of talent. Now, is that talent going to be all NBA? Probably not, but when you're building a team, you need players. You need players like that. You need players that, you know, you don't need 15 All-NBAers. You know, it's called a dream team, but you can definitely do, like, you know, have three or four foundational role players that know that know what they have to do and, and you know, maybe make an, an all-star game or two throughout their career type thing. Yeah, man, and you know that's that's important to a championship team. Is like you know you got to have the stars, but you got to have the role players. You got to have the guys that are willing to play the roles. You got to have Isaiah Jackson willing to you know come in as a weak side helper on de- on defense and you know box my shot away. You got to have yeah. Scotty Barnes willing to you know take on you know the big wing on defense because Dort's in foul trouble or he's a little bit too big for him. Like you've got to have those guys that can step up. You got to have James Booknight. Who comes in off the bench because Shay's in foul trouble early in the game, and he keeps this—he keeps us afloat with his scoring. Like you gotta have those guys. So, I mean, like yeah, the, the war—the Warriors haven't won a championship since Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston were no longer on the team. And I know it sounds funny. I know you're probably thinking I'm being facetious, but if you look at like the team, if you look at the Warriors team, yeah, Clay is out, but you're missing those veteran leaders out there, those veteran role players like that. And so being able to develop them from the outset, from their rookie season, I mean, it could be wonders, man. Like, just look at Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, you know, was wonders for us while he was here. That's the type of players you want to build around maybe a Shea, you know, maybe if Poku kind of pans out, maybe maybe we get our, our superstar in 2022, not necessarily this year, but you have the role players around them. Mm-hmm. That's how you. That's how you build a team. Yeah, man, you gotta gotta keep keep taking bites out of the apple, and I, exactly. I think even even if we got that combination of players like I was talking about, like you know, Book Knight and Barnes and Jackson alongside Shea and them, like I, I still think we're we might be sneaking into playing you know territory, but. Territory. Yeah. I, I still think that yeah, I don't. I don't think we're a great team. I think like our ceiling is like thirty, thirty-two wins at that point still, unless Shea like takes 
an all NBA leap in year four, which he absolutely can. But yeah, I don't know, man. You know, you, you still have that chance to, you know, get those players like you're talking about in 2022. Like imagine getting Isaiah mm-hmm. Jackson, Scotty Barnes, James Boot Knight with the players that we have right now. And then you go out and somehow you're able to get Apollo Benchero to add on top of that. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, the thing is, it's it's all about lottery luck. So next year, you know, we can improve. You know, maybe we improve as far as our play on the on the court. And it's not it's not a complete like tank season. You know, you allow the young guys to play, and they actually go out there and they win a couple games. Like they actually go out there and win thirty thirty two games, and they are you know as far as draft positioning they are number eight in the draft position but with the lottery you know this season we completely tanked the last 30 games and we got the sixth pick next year we could play normal get the eighth position and then jump all the way up to like top three you know you just never know like a lot of teams you know like mm-hmm. the pelicans when they drafted zion the the bulls when they drafted Derrick rose they were not in position to draft these players at that spot, but they jumped up. You know, so it, it, it's all about taking bites of the apple and hoping that luck kind of favors you from, from time to time. Yeah, and it's like one of the guys that came in on the spaces. I don't remember which one it was, but, you know, he's talking about the guys that jumped in front of us in in the lottery this year. Those guys, those teams are going to be improved you know, going into next year, you know, they're going to add these marquee guys to their lineups, like have a solid young core. The Pistons, if you give them K Cunningham with Jeremy Grant's deep bay, I guess Stewart, Killian Hayes, you know, buying into that defense secondary playmaker role, like, you know, I think they could, you know, contend for a playing game in the East yeah. at that point. Yeah, Cavaliers. I mean, I'm I'm not going to give you any hope with them. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, you know they're they're trying to trade Colin Sexton so they could you know they could make some noise too in the East. And then the Raptors. I mean, that's that's the most obvious. Like a lot of their downfall was injuries for one, but like the main thing was they weren't home. They weren't in Toronto. They was playing in Tampa yeah. Bay. They're going to be back in Toronto next year. And they've got a stupid good young core. Like, I don't think it's talked about enough. They have Frey Van Fleet. They have OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, or Boucher, I think is his name. Boucher, 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 whatever it is. Bobby Boucher, yeah. Um, and then you got Yerchard Jr., who I think is a free agent this year, but I expect him to be back. And now they have the number four pick. And if they mm-hmm. add Jalen Suggs to that... Like, that is a stupid good young core, a deep young core. That's like six, seven players deep of a young core to build yeah. around. So, yeah, the Raptors are going to be right back in it. So, it, it's definitely possible but that the Thunder, you know, despite making all the right moves in this draft, find themselves right back in that top five consideration next year. So, yeah. So, we, so we let, got, me ask, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So another, right. another one of the questions that you asked me was um, about moving back in the draft. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about that? How would you like? And let's let's not say let's not say moving back too far. Let's say going from six to I don't know who's picking who's picking at nine. So Sacramento or yeah. You know, moving back to eight where Pelicans Orlando has their, has their second pick. Or Pelicans. Let's say Pelicans, like, one of those things where Pelicans, you know, we can go ahead and 
get number 10. Maybe we're targeting a, a player that we really like. And let's say we take on Eric Bledsoe or take on Steven Adams. And then they send us two more picks from future drafts. You I'll know, tell you so, this, I mean, if the Pelicans, yeah. Yeah, if the Pelicans were willing to do a trade where they gave us Adams, Bledsoe, at least one first, and then Nikhil Alexander-Walker on top of all that, then, you know, for six, then at that point, I would, you know, you'd have Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You know, he's a guard that has a lot of scoring potential. I think that he's he's kind of similar to Boot Knight, honestly. But he's been in the league, and he's proven that he can score in this league already. He's Shea's cousin, so, I mean, that's great for, you know, building that relationship with Shea. But also, you had that number 10 pick. I think at that point, you, I feel comfortable taking Alperin Singun at that point. Yeah, exactly. And so then you have Shea, Nah, Dort, Poku, Baisley, whatever, and then Singun there. And, you know, Jerry's out on what he's actually going to be, but he has – a lot of potential on the offensive end. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I <laughs> I think you'd be open to it, obviously, but. I definitely I'm like, look, man, look, like, again, yeah. I trust, I trust, I trust our scouting department. I trust our mm-hmm. international scouting department, you know, and if they're, you know, if they think, hey, Singun is, is the guy, you know, outside of the top, top five. Singun is the guy that I that they think, hey, this guy can make a leap. You know, this guy can 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 be kind of like Poku. They'll, they'll go for him, and then you're able to collect Isn't assets it? along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, who was it? I said to um, in the spaces. I think I, I said it. I said the only reason I don't want Singun is because I think we've reached our quota on tall, lanky. Uh, white international guys. <laughs> we already got Poku. Yeah, so. but I mean, like, look, man, he he's, he plays a traditional center position, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. But he's also he also has the ability to kind of he's very mobile. You know, he shoots free throws at like an eighty percent clip. Um, and like you know, free throws don't change. You know, your your free throw form does not change. And so that's something that if you look if you look at the playoffs right now, you know, you look at teams like. Look at the Western Conference Finals. It's the top two teams in free throw percentage. Those are important. Those points are important. And so if you have a center that's constantly missing free throws or shooting 50% um, or less, it, it's a burden on you. It's a burden on your team, especially late in games. You know, so if you, if you have a center that's able to make 80% of their free throws, hey, that's solid. Yeah, for sure, especially especially in this day and age. Um you know, Mobley is actually a guy that, you know, despite everybody saying that he was going to be able to shoot at the next level, he shot like 65% from the free throw line. Yeah, and that's so, surprising. Yeah, because like free throw shooting is usually a good indicator that you're going to be able to, you know, you're going to be able to be a good shooter. And mm-hmm. so I, I never understood that correlation. But yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you. I, I like Singoon, and I think that. You know, Sam Vecini was on the Athletic Podcast with Andrew, the Athletic NBA show. It was like bonus content or whatever. But Andrew said, you know, if you're going for the highest upside, like the highest upside swing in this draft, who are you going? He said, Alperin Sengun. 
You know, he yeah. won the MVP of the second most competitive league in Europe um, at the age of, I, I can't remember if he's 18 or 19. I think he's 19. He's 18. Oh, is he 18? Well, yeah, there you go. And he's, you know, well, yeah, his, his, he'll, be, he'll be 19 just right after the draft. But he's ah, right, 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 right. Yeah, and, you know, he's just dominating dudes. So, I don't know, man. I I could see it. You know, like and I said. And we do need a I'd, center. Yeah. Yeah, and and I don't hate the guy, but I, I think I like the idea of Scotty Barnes better. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think if you do that trade and you keep 16-18, so you have Naw, so like, you know, the players that you're adding. So you get Naw, you get Sangoon, you get a 16. I think at that point you don't get Isaiah Jackson, but, you know, maybe, maybe you Boot still night. take Boot Knight, yeah. And then at 18, you get, you know, whatever wings left. And I've seen some mocks that have Moses Moody dropping all the way. Yeah, Yeah. all the way around that way. So, you know, that's a guy that has seven foot two wingspan or whatever. And he's like Mm -hmm. six foot five. He has like, I think they said like a plus eight wingspan. And he's a guy that has the ability to shoot. I think he could be like a real Michael Bridges uh, role in the NBA. So, I mean that's yeah, and, that's and like, a solid we're all, situation too. We're all prisoners of the moment, and so you know people are looking at the Phoenix Suns and looking at the construction of their team. And Mikael Bridges is one of those players that he sticks out, man. And those those long old arms, man, they they get into passing lanes. They you know they they disrupt things, and so you can pretty much bet that Moses Moody is going to be jumping up a lot of boards. I don't think maybe like top ten, but like. You know, you're looking at 11, 12, 13, Moses Moody will be there. And that's, maybe that's a situation where if we do drop back and we get Sungoon with our first, you know, first-round pick, we can maybe package 16 and 18 and move up to, like, 12 or 13, you know, Pacers or the Spurs pick, and then you take Moody, and then, you know, those those teams have two more picks that they can kind of play with. There's so many possibilities, man. That's Like, that's the thing that I want – people to kind of remember there's so many possibilities and for as much as like you think about Presty whether you think he's a good GM whether you think he's a GM that's gotten a lot of passes over the years you know this guy he knows how to make the best out of a situation you know we had an untradeable contract in Carmelo Anthony he got us Dennis Schroeder we had an untradeable contract in Russell Westbrook you know, he got us Chris Paul plus four, you know, four possible picks. We didn't get the huge mm-hmm. pick, but the possibility of it is there. You know, you got Chris Paul. He's an untradeable, you know, un- untradeable contract. You know, we got a whole bunch of players plus picks. You know, and, it, and it's just like he keeps on doing this. And he ke- and, and the same thing with the draft. Like last year, Poku was the guy that they wanted all along. And they found a way to get him. You know, so if they know a guy, if they're targeting a guy – whether it's Isaiah Jackson with a promise, whether it is Sengun or whether it's whoever, whether it's Scotty Barnes, Presty's going to find a way. He's going to find a way. And here's the thing. We have a treasure trove of assets. Some of them may hurt to use, but you're not going to draft 35 players over the next six years. That's not going to happen. So the whole point of these of this treasure trove of assets it's to use them as bargaining chips to be like, hey, we'll give you this if you give us this. You know, and sometimes they may bite us in the butt, but we have a lot more ammo in the gun to go ahead and just keep on shooting as opposed to other teams. And so 
I'm good, man. I am good. Yeah, man. I mean, Presty, Presty's got a proven track record of being able to, you know, maximize the value of players. He's got a good track record at the top of the draft. Uh, like I said in my last article, um, his his track record at the top of the draft includes Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Ever heard of them? All right, so. You know, Presley's going to be cooking, and we've got somebody that wants to talk, and we're going to get right to them here in a second. But speaking of cooking, I got to get into our next ad read. This is Moink. Moink. Uh, the best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaskan fishermen. That's why you need moinkbox.com. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, right now, and listeners to the show get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. Alex, I don't know about you, man, but I I like some bacon, so you can get you some free bacon for a year with every box ordered. So that's one year, one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. That is spelled M O. I-N-K-Box.com slash Bleav, B-L-E-A-V. That's Moinkbox.com slash Bleav. Bring home the bacon. Let's go. All right, man. Well, Zach has stepped down from wanting to come on the stage, but we got Marlon Rodriguez, so I'm going to bring him in here. Marlon, you there, man? Yes, I'm so excited. Dylan, what's up, Alex? Listen, what's up, Mom? I'm late to jump in this app. I'm from Clubhouse. This is my very first chat on this thing. So <laughs> I got so excited because uh, I follow Thunder, Thunder, right? The Thunder Chats. I follow you yes, on Twitter. Sir. Love the post. So I'm so excited to talk Thunder basketball with somebody else. Hey, for sure, man. We're happy to have you on here. Awesome. Um, What's your headspace going into the, you know, coming out of the lottery and going into, you know, preparation for the draft? What's your headspace right now, man? I think typical like anybody else, right, true Thunder fans that we are, I was like, we're going to get the first pick and the Rockets are going to get the fifth pick and we're going to ball out. So when we didn't get it and we got the sixth to worst, the only other thing I wanted was the Rockets not to get the first pick. So thank goodness that didn't happen because that would have sucked even more. (laughs) Um, I am actually after the next day, like you, Dylan and Alex, once I was able to sit with it, of uh, the disappointment, I realized that we're still going to get a decent guy with the sixth pick. And like Alex was saying, if anybody has scouted top to bottom, the talent, it's Presty. And the fact that we have that pick in the 16th, it really comes down to can we maybe move up if he really believes in one of the other guys in the top four, possibly? I even looked at Detroit. Detroit ever decided to move out of the first spot. Uh, I mean, we're so guard-heavy, right? We're really committed to Shy, and I know we got Kemba coming in and so on, but uh, would we ever move up? That's kind of my wish, possibly having multiple combo guards on the floor. Uh, and, and, of course, we got... The demigod defensive uh, def- uh, defensive stopper, you know, still. Um, Dor- Lou Dor- yes, so we don't really need another defensive guy because even I was looking at Davion uh, Mitchell and I was like, imagine if Davion Mitchell and Lou can't just shut down Harding Dort were on the court at the same time. 
Could you imagine what a nightmare that would be? <laughs> See, I, I like Davion Mitchell a lot. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, a guy that's actually going to be on our podcast Sunday, Corey Tellyba of Draft Act. He loves Davion Mitchell. He has him number five on his board. Um, the only thing with me, man, is I, I just don't I don't like him for this team because I feel like he's a little old. I feel like he's more of a win-now player. He's 22 years old. Um, I think actually right underneath of us, Golden State at seven, if they – you know, if they end up keeping that pick, you know, they want to kind of possibly trade it for a win down player because they don't want to repeat of the James Wiseman experience. But if they was to keep that pick and take Davion Mitchell, I think he would literally be perfect for that team in terms of coming in as a win now player, a guy that can, you know, come in and really lock down on defense and, you know, he, he can make shots. He's not a slouch on offense. I, I think he would be perfect for that team. I I don't hate him. Like, you know, like I told Alex, I'll talk myself into anybody that actually ends up on our team. So if he ends up on our team, I'll be happy about it. But uh, I don't love the fit 100%. Um, but I do agree with you. Like I, I think that while Dort is great defensively, I, I do think we you know need somebody else to come in with him because he can't do it by himself. You know, Andre Robertson, as great as he was on defense, and I think people forget how great Andre Robertson was at defense. Even he couldn't do it by himself. So I, I think that if you brought in a guy like a Scotty Barnes, or you bring in a guy like Jonathan Kaminga, who can you know guard bigger wings because you know Dort guarded LeBron at the end of the game, but he wasn't able to hold him the whole game because LeBron is just too physically imposing for him, height wise and weight wise. But you bring in a guy like Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, and I feel like you know he they can really offset that. Give Dort guards. Give Barnes yeah. and Kaminga the wings, and I think you're cooking with gas there. Hey, I feel like uh, Scotty Barnes is the pick, right, Alex? Because if you look at it, traditionally we always get that combo wing with the long reach. Mm-hmm. So you already got Barnes seven two wingspan. We know Presty loves those guys that can switch, and and he and I love the example. I think it was Jay Williams that said on ESPN. Scotty Barnes moves a little like Giannis. I, I know that's a bit of a reach, but when I looked at the tape, he kind of does that when he dunks on people. It's not like he takes off, but that go-go gadget mm-hmm. of his somehow seems to dunk on people, and I don't mind that. Also, gonna- also remember that Jay Williams said that the Boston Celtics just hired their new black, their new African American, their first African American coach. He was hacked, man. He was hacked. <laughs> yeah, he was hacked. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like, Doc Rivers was just there. Like, Doc Rivers was there before Brad Stevens. Like, you know, they they used to have Bill Russell as player coach. They used to have ML Carr, Casey Jones. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, like at least at least use the hack excuse for like. If something pornographic pops up on your feed, then you use that. You know, use it for a mistake. Like if you make a mistake, just just own up to it. Mm, sound like Champagne Jerry up in here right now, Alex. Yeah. But no, man, he was asking you what. I had to sprinkle, had to sprinkle a little bit of champ, Champagne Jerry up in here. What, what do you think about the Scotty Barnes Giannis comparison, Alex? Um. So I mean, you see, you see it with the. With the wingspan, you definitely do. And as far as defensively, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about you talking about Giannis. Giannis is a preeminent, you know, defensive player of the year candidate every year that he plays. Uh, so I could definitely see Barnes as far as 
as far as his wingspan, as far as how he plays defense and his, def- his defensive acumen. I could I could definitely see him in a couple of years being that type of player that consistently is on all defensive teams, consistently is, you know, is has the ability to to be defensive player of the year or at least be a candidate for it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like what you said, Marlon, because I have heard that point. I, I think I heard it from somebody from Jay, other than Jay Williams, though, but, like, they use that exact example. Like, when Giannis dunks on people, it's not necessarily because he's bodying them. It's just because he has the reach to, you know, keep dunking mm-hmm. as he's coming down. And, uh, you know, Scotty Barnes, he, he does have that kind of similarity. And, and I love, you know, whenever Giannis dunks, he flexes. He does that me mug face. Scotty Barnes is just like that. I talked about it earlier on. I think I think we only had one person in the room at that point. But um, one of the biggest things I love about Scotty Barnes is his passion. You could tell he really loves the game of basketball. And, you know, there's a lot of people comparing him to Draymond Green. I think he's a little bit different. There's a lot of people saying that he has a similar skill set to Ben Simmons. But what a lot of people have pointed out is that's the one outlier between him and Ben Simmons is he loves the game of basketball. You know, he wants yeah. to go out there. He's passionate about what he's doing, and that's a guy that I can buy into. So, yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for Scotty Barnes. What 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 do you think about it, Marlon? Are, are you are you feeling Scotty Barnes at six, or do you got somebody else you got your eye on besides Davion Mitchell, or what? No, that that thing that's really just comes down to Kaminga and and Scotty Barnes. And the good thing about Kaminga is that he. He has enough tape on him, right, at the NBA level. And I, I know that he was in the bubble, so uh, also Presti was able to see him up close. Mm-hmm. So I, I really lean more to Scotty Barnes because I, I kind of like that dog in him. He has that. He reminds me a little bit of P.J. Tucker. Oh, yeah. And I don't see that in Kaminga. And I wouldn't mind having a dog P.J. Tucker-like young guy in, in our squad. Because if you look at it, right, you got Puka. Puka, I thought he was going to be a lot softer than he is. He's got a little nastiness. He's got a little Luka, like, these European guys are starting to get a little swagger in them. <laughs> I don't know oh, what's yeah. happening over there, but they're coming over here with a little bit more attitude. Uh, so we got Puka already. We already got Shy. We already got our backcourt straight. Uh, I know we got to get some more big, so I, I wouldn't mind kind of looking for the nurse next Serge Ibaka like type player, yeah. a defensive guy who's going to know his role, who's going to get minutes, and is going to be there to anchor defensively. I really feel like, to me, if we're going to stay there, then that would be the pick for me. Just I like him better, but I'm really curious what we would do with the 16th. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking that uh, Isaiah Jackson might end up going, either him or Vuk Knight. Um, you know, Chad Ford talked about how Isaiah Jackson withdrew from the combine, and many believe it's because he got a promise, and some have even reported the promises from the Thunder. So, you know, whether it's 16, whether it's 18, I think that there's a possibility that that's, how, that's where he's going to end up. Um, and I'm fine with that because – You know, if you follow my page, you know I'm a huge Kentucky Wildcats fan. And Isaiah Jackson was literally the only bright spot to that team. I was telling Alex about it earlier. So, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that at six uh, at sixteen or eighteen. And if Boot Knight's there at one of his other picks, I love him. I think he's a he's a phenomenal scorer. 
Um, ridiculous athlete. I didn't realize how good of an athlete he was until I was watching film later. Like, you know, I was watching the games and the tournament and stuff, and it's kind of underwhelmed. But when I started watching film and I saw some of his highlights, I was kind of blown away by how athletic he was. Um, obviously, he, he didn't get a lot of shine because his team was not very good, kind of like Cade. You know, mm-hmm. Cade was able to overshadow his team's shortcomings more so than Boot Knight was because, I mean, Cade's on another level than Boot Knight, obviously. But Boot Knight also had to shake off a lot of injury issues. But I'm I'm very high on his potential. I think that he could be a three-level scorer. So if we was able to get him, Jackson, and Barnes, I think Sam Presti done a job well done. Yeah. What uh what what you thinking, Alex? What what do you want for sixteen and eighteen? I mean, just I mean, kind of the same thing you said. You know, Jackson, or, or at least a high level big, um, and then a, a scoring type yeah. type wing guard. You know, if Moses Moody is around there, take him at sixteen. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want something like that. What about you, Marlon? You know what? I, I'm still trying to. I was trying to assess some more tape recently from the season to see what the coaching style is. I know that we move the ball a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how they emphasize getting into the corner more. I know the. I was trying to think of what other team really does that effectively. I think it was like the Clippers or the Suns. How how we rotate the ball from the top to the corner, and then there's more movement, more cutting, more picks. And it really actually expands the game a little bit more. So I, I don't know if we're going to invest in bigs or we're going to go to the traditional Presti way, which is you maybe get a project big and then you can get a European guy, a, a stash guy that we know we're not going to see in two years. But my, my concern if we get another European guy is that we're going to end up with another, you know, Spaniard that is going to come play for a couple of seasons after two, three years of waiting on him, and then he leaves us. You know, we, we haven't had yeah. a true European paid off yet. So that, that to me, I, I hope that Presti kind of has learned his lesson and not invest too much on these European stashes. But I don't mind the, the, the development of the young guys because I feel like he's probably looking at the next maybe three to four years to really make a, a, a true playoff push. But I think he, it looks like he's trying to formulate something to make the playoffs next season. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, it's, it's like he said in his exit interviews, you know, when we make the playoffs, we don't want it to be an appearance. We want it to be an arrival. Like, we want it to be sustained success. We don't want it to be kind of a flash in the pan and then, you know, we're out again next year. Like, you know, we want it to – come in through, you know, come into the playoffs and be able to stay there for the next, you know, five or six years or so. But, yeah, that's that, that's kind of my thinking. I think that we still kind of deep dip into the lottery this next season, mm-hmm. you know, despite how good we draft. I think that's just how it's going to end up. But, you know, who knows, man. Like I told Alex, if Shea comes in at all-NBA level and, you know, we get guys like Scotty Barnes and Isaiah Jackson who – like I said, um, J. Kyle Mann of the Ringer said he's got some MF or energy um, coming out of him. So if you get guys like that that you know kind of will your team to victory with their energy and their passion and you know their mentality, then I don't know. Maybe they could sneak into the play and maybe you know they kind of come in with a wait and see approach into the season. And you know you get to the trade deadline and you're 500 and they're like, well, let's give this thing a go. But what what you think, Alex? 
I mean, I, th- I think I think next year, like since we have that, you know, if if we make the playoffs, we have to give up the pick. Um, I think we'll go into at least one more year of of rebuilding, and then, and that that doesn't mean it's going to be like this year where, you know, you can tell it was a a tank job. You can tell it was hey, let's let's keep out our let's keep out Al Horford, who's very productive. Let's keep out Mike Muscala, who's very productive. Um, and let's play all these young guys. I think next year is going to be a situation where you play a lot of young guys, but you play them to develop them, you know, completely within the system. And you hope that nobody gets hurt. Um, but, you know, if you end up with eighth best best odds in the draft, you take that. And then you hope that luck kind of, play, you know, plays on your side and, and, and helps you get a top three pick. Because next year's draft is going to be pretty good, too. From all of you know, from yeah. everything that we've heard, you know, Paolo Benchar, Bencharo, um, Chet Holmgren, was it JD Hardy or something, something like that? Jaden Hardy, Hardy yeah. yeah, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Yeah, Patrick Baldwin. Yeah. I mean, and you never know if is there is there a possibility that uh, Bates could reclassify or I know he goes to like his own school type thing, and so you know that that's always been kind of well, a, a gray area for me as far as hey, you know, this guy. You know he's he's a junior, but he's able to graduate, so he's able to qualify for you know to be drafted in the NBA type thing. Yeah, I, I think it's just uh, I, I think it's an age thing in terms of reclass- reclassifying. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I haven't looked like super into recruiting for a little bit, but yeah, man. I mean, who, who knows? We we might end up in the play-in scenario next year, or we might dip back into the lottery. You know, it's worth noting if we do dip back into the lottery, that's how we get our pick back from the Hawks. So that uh, that's a possibility. But Marlon, man, I, I appreciate you coming on at the stage. Uh, you got any closing thoughts uh, before we wrap this thing up? It's almost close to my bedtime. <laughs> yeah, no. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me up here, Alex and Dylan. Uh, no problem. I just wish we trade up. I just want to trade with the Toronto Raptors so we can get Jalen Suggs. Low-key, I want to break the normal pattern and go and get a combo guard. That's just me. I think that would be, uh, uh, you know, uh, a much better uh, player to have out of this draft. So I don't know what you guys are, uh, feel about that. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah for sure, man. But, hey, Marlon, we appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Appreciate you listening. Thank you, guys. We'll yell at you. Both. All right, I love this. I'll step down. But yeah, man, like like he was saying though before we close off, um, just because we did say it very early on, Alex, um, Chad Ford said that there's possibility that Suggs makes it all the way to six. Um, You know, with the Cavs liking Scotty Barnes, maybe even Kaminga, and maybe the I think the Raptors. I think he actually had the Raptors end up taking Barnes because the Cavs ended up just taking Green. So. Who knows what's going to so happen, wild. man? Who knows who's going to end up at six? But, you know, like we've said this whole podcast, like we've said this whole offseason, like we've said really the past decade, you got to trust the Presti, man. He's one of the best GMs in the game, one of the best talent evaluators in the past, you know, 10 to 20 years. And if there's somebody that's going to have our franchise in his hands, somebody's going to have this draft cachet of all these future picks in our hands, I want it to be him, and I'm glad it's him. Definitely. Agree 100%. All right, Alex. Oh, yep. One, one more thing. 
Tindy John said impressy, or Tindy Don said impressy. We trust. Yes. And absolutely impressed we trust. So, guys, I want to thank everybody for coming on to the green room and, you know, interacting with us and listening to us. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, this is our first time on this app. I think we'll come back. You know, maybe we'll bring Definitely. a little bit of three-cone, Jerry, a champagne Jerry, Matt Tierney, Stephen Dolan, Matty Moles. You know, might bring the whole crew back over here. And, uh, you know, we'll take your all's questions, bring you all on the pod. It'll be a good time. So, uh, thank you all for making a positive appearance or experience. God, <laughs> a positive experience. That, that's just telling you, I got to go to bed, man. And uh, Alex, appreciate you taking time out of your day no to problem. come on the pod after I messed up the audio on Tuesday. No problem, man. I love this, man. You know I love this. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Well, guys, y'all know the drill. Wash your hands. Wear a mask if you need to. Get vaccinated if you have not. Hoop when you can. Trust the Presty. And as always, thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.